0: Coming live from London, England is our guest this afternoon. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Douglas Squirrel, technology expert and co-author of Agile Conversations. Welcome to the show, Squirrel.
1: Welcome. Hi there. Great to see you, AJ.
0: Thank you. And very, very happy to have you on the show, Squirrel. And we'll be talking about, about the role of a CTO today. What exactly does a CTO do? Uh, let my me ask you, Right, right. So let me ask you uh, this way, Squirrel. You have been, you know, led software teams as CTO in startups from fintech to biotech to music and everything in between.
1: Over 170 different companies and counting. Right,
0: right. And uh, you have uh, consulted around 170 organizations in the UK, US, Australia, and Europe. So you know this zone better than a lot of people down there on, on this earth itself. Now, looking at the role of CTOs today and what you experienced at a CTO, how would you uh, look at it. Is the role of a CTO more challenging today or was it during the earlier days? How do you assess this whole uh, paraphernalia of uh, understanding of the role of a CTO today?
1: Well, the the funny thing is that um, the challenges of being a CTO are just the same. I remember um, when somebody um, at my very first company said, Squirrel, here's your business card. You're the CTO. And I had to say, gosh, I didn't expect that. I better figure out how to be the CTO. Um, The biggest difficulty then is the same as the biggest difficulty now, which is all the things that don't have to do with technology. So I'm always coaching CTOs not to think about which library to pick and um, which uh, technology to choose and whether to use this cloud provider or not. Those are very important questions, but they're not the hardest ones. And even though we didn't have all those complexities then, and and the technology has become more complex, there are more moving parts, the people side is really where the challenge is. And that's just the same now as it was uh, 20, 30 years
0: ago. Right. And uh, let me ask you the basic question then is, uh, what does a CTO do? Because even in companies that have CTOs, several people do not know what a CTO does, and that's the irony, maybe in very tech-driven companies where people are aware about things. So what does a CTO do actually, uh, one may want to understand, and this is the best time to understand that from you, because a lot of people do not have any idea, except it's a very nice, you know, chief technology officer related, must be related to technology. But beyond that, at least I don't know.
1: Absolutely. Well, let me help with that. Um, Let me give you a counter example. So we're all watching uh, Elon Musk try to come into Twitter and uh, try to change everything around. I read this morning that he's shutting down all the microservices, um, which is going to be a complete disaster. Don't expect to read anything on Twitter in the next few days. That's the opposite of what I'm looking for a CTO to do. That When a CTO comes to me and says, Squirrel, I'd like some coaching, or a CEO says, Squirrel, I I want to understand my CTO better i say don't focus on these technology issues that's not what the cto does what the cto do it should be as a translator somebody who helps the engineers understand what the business needs and helps the business understand what the engineers need and uh, the the biggest problem that I see for CTOs is they don't spend enough time outside technology. So you watch Musk. What he's done is he's come in and he's um, had a look at the code. He's brought in his ex- ex- experts from Tesla. Um, he's started shutting things down. He fired half the staff. Um, you know he, he's he's um, taking a lot of actions without having understood what Twitter's all about. He's been a user for a long time, but he's been in the business for about two minutes. That would be the exact opposite. You know, if he wants to hire me, you you know, give, give me a call. My number's on my website. But um, <laughs> the thing I'd be telling him to do is spend time in the business. How does Twitter, how does your company make money? And the answer for Twitter, I think, is not at all. So that, that's the biggest problem to work on. But then I'd be expecting to look for, be looking for technological solutions to the actual business problem. And too often, that's not what CTOs are doing.
0: Okay. But still, I have not understood what exactly does a CTO do, uh, do in an organization? Because uh, I did a bit of a Google search and it says the CTO helps in research and related to technology. But again, a lot of companies are not that technology driven, but still they have a CTO. So uh, who, who wastes uh, a lot of time, time doing all that yes. research. That yeah. research is not the right thing to be doing. So how does a common man understand if he uh, lands up in a job in a con- company like that, and he comes across the CTO, and he all he knows is that it's a very important position, but he does not know what the hell this guy does. So, but yep. for that is for the person, and for an outsider perspective now in today's time, uh, Squirrel is that you cannot ignore not uh, not not knowing uh this particular uh job that a person has either you may be fit for a cto or you may there might be a lot of work that you may need to go through and you know give your presentations to the cto and all so even though it's a we are talking about in a much more humorous manner but exactly it's a very important function that's why it exists you are a cto in several organizations and there are ctos in so many organizations we need to understand this what exactly they do What can somebody have to do with a role like that, even as an outsider?
1: Well, let me explain it by analogy. So um, there there are different functions in an organization, and some of them are support functions. So finance, for example, pays the bills, make sure the lights are on, um, make sure payroll happens and so on, but they don't really do anything. In other words, they don't deliver a thing to an actual customer. That's the opposite of what a CTO should be doing. And it's an operational role. And what we would expect is the output from what the CTO is doing is technological advancement that benefits customers, that ultimately leads to revenue, ultimately leads to profit. And what uh, the C- if you follow the CTO around, you'd expect to see the CTO solving problems, getting obstacles out of the way, making sure the team has the right resources. And this is the crucial one, making sure there's an accountability method, there's some way of of the team being accountable, giving an account of, hey, look, we spent a huge amount. Technology is usually the most expensive budget item, right? The the department with the most uh, money spent on it because engineers are expensive. And it needs to have tremendous accountability for what the output is. What results did, did the business get? So you would expect the CTO to say, well, let me tell you what I did today. I uh, redirected this team to this project, which is going to make us more money. Uh, I made sure that we saved on this vendor that we uh, switched off this technology that we don't need anymore. So we're saving money over there and we're researching a, a new technology. We're researching something new that we can build that will move us into a new market. Those are the sorts of things I'd expect the CTO to say about what he or she is doing. How am I doing AJ, am I answering your question?
0: Right, right. Now, uh, in terms of a CTO today, uh, you say that you ha- have made uh, every mistake in the book.
1: That is and for that,
0: sure. That is, yes, and that is where, you know, and actually, you know, uh, uh, one should look at technology as a profit center and, a, and not as a cost center. And that is where you talk about, you know, t- making tech teams insanely profitable. Can you help us understand this? Because as you said, Technology costs perhaps a lot of, uh, you know, the most amount of money today. And that should, you know, lead to better profitability for the organization. How does one look? Yes, should. How does one look at the whole thing and not look at it just purely from a technology and some troubleshooting sort of a thing when some privacy issues crops up or something else crops up, but beyond that? So- you only talk to IT
1: when something goes wrong. yeah, that's that's the right. danger. And, and that's the dangerous thinking is it's right. just as if um, you know we were all to say, uh, um, well you know we, we have all these great engines and we can drive around now. we have all these uh, automations, we have all these tools from the industrial revolution. and um, we're we're uh, n- not going to get significant benefit from those. We're just going to keep them in the corner. We're going to keep the car in the garage. We're not going to drive it around anywhere. That's the crazy thing people keep doing with IT. And I don't understand why they, they uh, don't demand more from their CTO. For example, the CTO should have uh, initiatives underway, should be uh, um, applying resources, um, solving problems, clearing obstacles for uh, the technology team to say, we spent this much and we got this much benefit. It's actually that simple. But so many people don't do it because they view their IT as that um, oper- as that a um, cost center, as a, um, not an operational, responsible, accountable group, but as the people who uh, you know, mow the lawn and keep the servers on and keep the lights going. That's a very noble and wonderful thing to do. It doesn't contribute to the bottom line. And tech is one of the most powerful engines we have ever had in human society for driving bottom line.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, in terms of turning, how do you work then? Can you talk about your action science Mm -hmm. that you have used, you know, form alliances and solve real business problems and make technology a profit center and not a cost center? How does it work? Because anybody, even a CTO who listens to this episode, may find it very useful, but would not understand how and where to begin from.
1: Well, the good news is I wrote an entire book. I'm not trying to sell it to anybody, by the way. I'd be happy to send you a copy. So I have to hold it in the right place for the camera. But um, uh, just get in touch with me on DouglasSquirrel.com. I'd be happy to send people copies. Uh, uh, my, my publisher wants to sell books. I don't really care. I want people to know what's in the book. And what's in the book right. is the secret to becoming profitable, which is not, again, anything to do with technology. It's to do with conversations. And that's what action science is all about. We won't have time today to go into a full um, rehearsal of it. It's all in the book. But the basic idea is there are ways of having conversations that engineers really appreciate, that really work well for them and lots of other people, but they're particularly analytic, they're particularly detailed. For instance, there's a way to have a conversation to build trust that feels like you're doing tests on a computer. You do a bunch of little steps and it feels like you're going slowly, like when you write code carefully. And I can teach people to do that very quickly. And the result is they build tremendous amounts of trust. And that's usually what the foundation that's missing for technology teams and CTOs.
0: Right now, Squirrel, uh, which companies have CTOs? Uh, there, we know of many companies which perhaps do not have CTOs, but am I right?
1: Yeah, there are certainly plenty. There's a CIO function, which tends to be more right. on the cost center IT side. Um, there are people who are CPTOs, they're, they're product and tech. Uh, they're vi- vi- vice presidents of engineering. And those folks are um, much more uh, managerial rather than technology focused. There's a whole raft of them. Um, I, I have a free um, uh, a couple of pages on this on my website. So uh, happy to right. share all these things for free if people are interested.
0: Right. So where is that threshold or, or, or the place where actually you start moving into the territory of need for SEO, CTO? What mm-hmm. sort of a company is that when they start, okay, we need a CTO? What it's sort my, of a company is
1: that? Absolutely. Um, many companies who are very small have CTOs more to um, help people with the title. It's just, you know, there's four of us and somebody needs to be the leader. Okay, I'll be the CTO. That's not what I'm really talking about. When you really need the, the full features of the role, that translator element that I talked about, that you're, you're helping the business to understand the tech and vice versa. You need that when you get to enough teams and enough coordination that people lose their way. And um, very frequently, you'll get one team building one sort of product, one sort of initiative is underway, and another team doing something else. They might be product teams, they might be uh, customer service, they might not be in technology. But when those folks start to um, diverge, and uh, you can't fit them all in one room anymore, you can't say, look, this is what we're aiming for. Uh, Everybody's aiming to the same vision. You do your part, you do your part. The coordination is the, the Um, key element that the signal is we're getting uncoordinated. We're starting to, you know, I built this, but it doesn't work with yours. Um, That's when you need somebody keeping track of all those different uh, initiatives.
0: Okay. Okay. And what is the relationship between technology teams and the CTO? Is it that they look up to the CTO for guidance all the time? Or is it that even though it is a CTO, they don't talk much about technology. How does it work? Because, as you said, the CTO should be looking at things much more larger and not purely from a purely from a technology point of view.
1: Absolutely. So, um, uh, the the best thing for a CTO to do is to to try to be the best manager that they can be. Because the, the often I'll see situations where the CTO is not managing the team, and that usually ends poorly. Uh, There are some CTOs who can delegate a lot of the management to somebody like a VP of engineering. That can work. The problem is you get your CTO strongly dissociated from the day-to-day work, which is what you were referring to, AJ, and that's that's concerning. So I much prefer to have the CTO acting as a good manager, but they need some skills to do that. Excellent communication, good accountability, um, the ability to have uh, difficult and trust-building conversations. Those are things the CTO needs to function well. And uh, if you don't have those, you're going to have a lot of trouble being a good manager, which is the crucial thing that the CTO needs to be. Not a micromanager, not a hands-off, you do whatever you want person. Somebody who strikes the balance well.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, if the CTO's role is such crucial and we assume that they are very talented people and their hiring has been the best that was possible, then... Why is there a need for a person like you to tell them how to be profitable? Where do you come in and why do they leave that gap? For you to come in and if you come come in, that means what is the problem that they are not able to solve themselves or not able to see for themselves?
1: Indeed. Well, I don't always come in only when there's a problem. So you described a very ideal situation where the CTO is hired really well is an excellent manager. You're kind of giving them all the good things, which is fantastic. When I hear from somebody like that, I say, how much profit would you like? Are you getting the profit that you could get from your technology team? Because there's an amazing fact about software. It costs us nothing to produce it. So it's as if we had, you know, I was talking about engines in the industrial revolution. It's as if we had magic wands and we could just make the most powerful engines um, electronic or or, uh, electric or or, uh, diesel. And we could wave a magic wand and they'd appear. And imagine what profit you can get. You're dividing by zero, right? You get infinity uh, because there's no cost. Now, it's not that the cost is actually zero. There is quite a lot of cost in software. But when we sell it again, when we provide the service, when we do the action, it's usually pennies on the dollar to the investment. So there must be uh, uh, huge amounts of profit that are available. And I haven't seen any company that couldn't get significantly more profit, even if they're running really successfully. And I don't mean, by the way, by cutting the engineering team. That's why I'm not so much a fan of Musk and what he's been doing. I'd much rather say, how can I get much more from each engineer? And the way I'm going to do that is by making sure I have clear accountability for what that engineer is producing. Am I getting something that's even more valuable? There's almost no limit.
0: Okay. And who brings you into the picture? Is it the CEO or is it the CTO who have observed the gap and found a need for some external set of eyes who can see the problem in a different manner? How does it work for you? What is your experience?
1: Indeed. Uh, Both actually have been in in about equal measure. So um, it's quite common that the CEO will say, ah, you know, I'm had it with his tech team. I can't seem to get anything out of them. I'm frustrated. That's when I'm coming in to solve a problem most often. And often the problem is not only in the tech team. There are also difficulties in the communication both ways with the rest of the business with determining where the profit should come from and what we should uh, focus on and prioritize But also, it's not uncommon at all for the CTO to come in and say, man, I can't figure out what this business wants. I'm trying to get to profit. I'm trying to get to the right results. I can't get clarity from here. I'm frustrated with the other folks. And I've never been a CTO before. And I need help doing it. That's a very common pattern.
0: Right. Right, Square. Now, let's look at the role of the CTO. Uh, As of today, we have discussed it. But going forward, the changing trend with so much of real technology happening with artificial intelligence, machine learning. And you also talk about, you know, uh, and Squirrel's, uh, Squirrel Squadron about so many other things and new sort of technologies and anything that matters or, you know, even future tech. Mm-hmm. So what should a CTO now look at? How should a CTO look at himself or herself? or at their role, how do they prepare for the future? Is it going to be much different than now? Or is it going to be something uh, much more, you know, uh, different and they need to be prepared for it. Just like we don't know, a lot of people don't know the future. A CTO is a technology man. They should know more about technology, but I think- I'm not sure we can predict the future,
1: AJ, but we'll try. Yes,
0: yes, maybe with all this, data analytics and better predictability machines and all, you know, with big data and all, can they can they figure out what exactly their role is going to be and how do they be prepared for it?
1: Well, let me tell you about two trends to watch out for, two things that are that are coming. And the first, I'll, I'll play off what you, what you just said. You said, can't you tell the future? You have all this wonderful big data. You know, Isn't that just a crystal ball? Well, I'm here to tell you it definitely isn't. So um, the danger that we should all be watching out for in um, kind of this belief in, a, in artificial intelligence machine learning, somehow that's going to solve all our problems, is that actually the biggest problem in there is actually even getting the correct data. The biggest problem is not um, uh, applying models and coming up with results. It's getting a whole bunch of very, very messy information and cleaning it and making sure you understand it. Um, and then you're able to um, uh, make something valuable out of it. That's very difficult. And we should not expect tremendous results from it. I, I'd guess maybe 50 to 100 years from now, we'll have that down to a science where it can. Uh, it really doesn't require super skill to be able to do it. Right now, if your company's dependent or it looks like it's going to be dependent on AI, machine learning, data science, get in a a big investment in data engineering, in cleaning data, in moving data in. It's much less about the, the kind of fancy stuff that actually does a prediction from it. We're not that good at it as humans yet. And part of the reason we're not that good is we have terrible data. And so that's the biggest place to pay attention to. And then I said something there. I then want to play on for the second trend, which is the most important thing that's happening is not in technology; it's in your business. What are your other? What are the rest of the people in the in the in the business telling you? where is the business going? What are the markets? What's the most important thing happening there? Because it may be that data engineering and data science are absolutely not the right thing for you. In which case, uh, uh, get the heck out of there. And even if people keep telling you that's what you need, you tell them as the CTO. Look, this is the way the business is going. That's what I've understood you to tell me. And this is the way to get there. Uh, I'll say one thing I'm seeing in businesses across the board. I was just reading about it this morning is um, everybody's retrenching. Everybody's uh, trying to, uh, uh, well, Musk is firing half of Twitter, as we've been saying. Uh, There's lots of um, layoffs in in the big guys. Um, But all across the board, there's this focus, uh, and I think overcorrection, on um, uh, reducing cost. And the problem is you can't cut your way to profit, right? If I, if I just uh, get rid of the, the office and have everybody work from home, and then you know, maybe I'll save a bunch of money, but I won't get collaboration. If I uh, drop um, half my services or, or move myself out of China, uh, I won't have that market anymore. I won't be able to go after those customers. So I think that uh, focusing on runway, which a lot of startups are doing, is the wrong thing. We should be focused. And what is wonderful about the current conditions is they focus us on profit. They make us say, okay, we really got, we can't just do some crazy uh, technology investment that's been taking three years and is never finished. And we're not sure if the replatforming will ever get done. We need to show a profit. Fantastic. But how can you do that with the current resources so that they pay for themselves? How do we make sure that every engineer that you're spending huge amounts of money on is actually generating a profit for you? And there are ways of doing that. It's just not the question people are asking. They're all running for the hills and saying, how can I bury my head and, and cut half the staff? I think that's very dangerous.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, talking of the future trends, there are a few things which will continue to concern not only companies, but us as a humanity or people. One of the things is a squirrel is the unemployment issue as more. And and I was uh, listening to one video or see watching a video of Elon Musk himself. Some days I don't know how how early it was, but quite not not too old. And in that, he said that, yes, uh, with so much of machines and artificial intelligence coming in, something like that, unemployment will be a big issue. And that is where governments or society will need to think about some sort of universal income for them. So uh, one is that scenario the so second part is the privacy issue that is a huge concern as more and more tech come in there is some tech we know there are so many tech which still exist and which might be intruding into your privacy you don't know about it and maybe suddenly there is some scandal then you come to know about it there was uh, we, we know about pegasus and all that stuff and all the privacy wear, and everything else. Yep. Right. Ransomware is already an issue where hospitals are also not left untouched. It has happened and it is increasing day by day. And in terms of businesses, when we talk about with more technology, we are losing the human side of business. And that is going to be a big challenge. I'm asking several things at the same time. So you sure that, are. You know,
1: you I'll respond see if I can keep track them. of them all.
0: Yes. You can, I hit, can I hit the privacy ahead.
1: one? Would that be okay? Can I start on that one?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. As I, so that you can respond at your own pace. These are my last questions. That's totally fine. So let me do
1: privacy first, because um, uh, I want to draw an analogy there as well um, to, to the early days of cars. And, and when people brought in cars, um, suddenly the streets, which used to be kind of safe to walk around in, became very dangerous for pedestrians. And there were a lot of people who were killed by cars going too fast. Um, We didn't have the kinds of controls and safety devices and other things that we have today. We still kill a lot of pedestrians, but uh, we kill an awful lot fewer today. And and we got there by having a lot of accidents. Um, Same thing with airplanes, right? We crashed a lot of airplanes until people said, you know what, maybe it'd be a good idea if we had something that told you you were about to go into a stall. Uh, Let's build that. Um, But they had to stall a lot of planes before that happened. Uh, and we're at that stage with technology, with the, the computer revolution that, that we've had over the past 30, 40 years. We're, we're probably 100 years from the, the level of safety for your data that you would want from, for a hospital, for example, as as you mentioned. You want your, your uh, data to be private. Well, we're going to be making a, a painful trade-off for a long time where some data will be hacked, some data will be inadvertently exposed, and it shouldn't be. And that's like the pedestrians who were killed by cars. Now, you can then have a debate about whether you should have the new technology. That's, that's one more for politicians, I think, than, than, than for us. But what I can tell you as a technologist is that's going to go on for a long time. Human beings are not good at this yet. We have not built any of the safety mechanisms. You know, we're hardly at the safety belt stage. Not, um, uh, no, we don't have airbags. We don't have um, pedestrian crossing. We don't have all those kinds of protections for your data. So get used to a world in which uh, your data is more exposed than you'd like and don't tell anybody if you don't want someone to know something. That's really the only way to have true privacy. I wish I had a different answer. I wish I could wave a wand and make make those uh, protections, put put them in place for us. Um, And then when we come to unemployment, uh, which was your other question, um, uh, what's amazing to me is uh, how good employment is, actually, in my world. In other words, in technology, in the world of uh, engineers and product designers and product managers and folks like that, they're moving from point A to point B. The demand is huge for those folks. We can't get enough of them, and we literally just don't have, have the right ones. What's happening is um, jobs are being automated that um, we don't really need anymore, the same as um, you know people who uh, fed horses and uh, made buggy whips and things like that. Well, we didn't need them when we brought in the car. Those jobs shifted someplace else. So I anticipate that um, we're not going to have any kind of um, significant unemployment in the jobs that the new economy needs. The problem is we're gonna lose an awful lot and it's gonna be very socially disruptive in industries that we don't need anymore. Uh, You know, customer service people, um, we're gonna need fewer of them as we have more chatbots. And I'm sure you're seeing on websites and so on, there's a little thing you can click the button and you talk to a computer, half the time it solves your problem. And when it does, that means there's less of a role for somebody who's previously been in customer service. Good news is there's lots of things that we're doing in technology, such as low code and no code, which makes it easier for people who aren't necessarily computer programmers in their um, natural habitat uh, to help get a computer to do the thing that they need it to. So there's an awful lot of retraining, a lot of of disruption coming. Uh, I think it'll be positive in the long run, as introducing cars probably was, but not going to be fun for everybody.
0: That makes it uh, makes makes me look at the future a bit more posi- in a positive light, Squirrel. Thank you very much for that. And everybody sure. will assess this with their own understanding of technology as it is coming in into our lives at a very fast rate. Now, how do people now you know get hold of your book to understand things about CTOs and about technology? as well as about how do they get to hear your podcasts?
1: Sure, well, all this stuff is at uh, two websites for me. There's me personally, DouglasSquirrel.com. So Douglas is my first name, Squirrel is my surname. So uh, there's also an animal called the Douglas Squirrel. So when you search for Douglas Squirrel, don't click on the animal because I'm not an animal as you can tell. Um, but Um <laughs> DouglasSquirrel.com is me, and you can find all kinds of stuff about me there. I also have a free community in which I do live streams like this one uh, all the time, every week, on all kinds of interesting tech and non-tech topics, um, and that's called SquirrelSquadron.com. So uh, you can find me at either place, uh, write to me, my address, my phone number, my home address are, are all there. Uh, so come and visit me outside London. Uh, write me an email. Pick up the phone. I'd love to talk to to any of your listeners because it's been fun talking to you, AJ.
0: Great, great. Thank you very much, uh, a Squirrel, for this wonderful insight into this world of technology and actually what does what a CTO does. Thank you so much indeed for this insightful discussion.
1: Thank you, AJ. <laughs>